This is Soundtrack, a podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Leakty. Alright, I'm here with Megan Knust. Oh, hey! We've known each other <laughs> since I... I've known of you since 2011. Yeah, known of me. <laughs> uh, but I don't think we actually met till 2012. Yep. Because you were living in Atlanta at the time. Correct. Uh, up till then. Yep. And so that's when we met was 2012. My roommate, your now husband, yep. uh, was pursuing you. Yeah, pursuing me is a good way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you eventually started dating, got married, yep. all that good stuff. And then now you're living here in Grand Rapids, which is where we're located. Uh, but so before Atlanta, you've been to several other places, yeah. uh, which we'll get into, but, uh, you grew up outside of Orlando. Yep. Altamont Springs. Yep. What was that like? Um, um, yeah, so I had a great childhood. Um, we lived outside of Orlando and then the rest of my family lived in Sarasota, which is about two and a half hours away. And we would spend almost every other weekend in Sarasota. Um, I come from a big family. My dad is one of five. My mom's one of five. And so I had cousins everywhere. And, um, you know, we would go spend a lot of time in Sarasota with my family. And I have a cousin named Amanda who's four days older than me um, who became like a sister to me. I'm an only child. So um, she and I, you know, spent tons of time together. Um, and there just were a lot of like late nights um, with our parents playing card games and um, you know, all of that and just making a big ruckus and Amanda and I playing in the other room. And, um, so a lot of Sarasota time and then also just had tons of friends in the neighborhood that we would play, you know, football in the street until all hours. And, um, yeah, it was, it, I just had a really good childhood. What do you think, um, what do you think it was that made your family so, uh, involved in, in having music played in the background throughout your childhood yeah I don't know I think I think I don't know I think my nana loved Elvis growing up or like still still loves Elvis so there was a lot of Elvis playing in the background um and like even if music wasn't playing people were always kind of singing songs and um they, my family is just very jovial, very playful, very whatever. And so there's just a lot of noise around, whether it was music or laughing or people making sarcastic jokes at each other or any of that. So whether it was music or just noise, it was just always loud at my Nana's house. It wasn't a huge house. And so, you know, there's five very boisterous people and their wives and their kids and, you know, so there was just always noise. Um, but, you know, like I said, people would just bust out in songs um, at the table after having a few drinks or after, you know, late nights of playing cards or anything. There was just always, always noise at that house. What, what are some uh, songs that would have been uh, a part of that? Yeah, so when you asked me to do this, one of the first songs that popped into my mind was Chantilly Lace. So. Yeah. Um, my dad and my pop-up used to sing this song all the time and they literally have the worst voices out of any people I've ever met in my life. In fact, when my dad was a kid, he was in the church choir and 
they came up to him at one point and said, hey, we love you being here. We love your smile and your energy, but could you just mouth the words on Sundays because oh, it's so distracting. Yeah. So my dad has a terrible voice. I love him, but it's bad. And so he and my pop-up used to sing Chantilly Lace in the middle of the night and, you know, at these card games and whatever. And so that song has like played in my childhood. Um, my pop-up passed away a few years before, um, before we met actually. And at his funeral, we played that song. And then when Paul and I were getting married, that was like one of the first songs that I said, we have to play that song at our wedding. And it's one of the best memories I have of our wedding. When that song came on, my dad's whole family rushed the dance floor and we all kind of danced together and sang it at the top of our lungs. So that was definitely one of the, one of the memories from that. There's a lot of great memories from your wedding. Our wedding was pretty epic. It was, it was great. It was awesome. It was there was a lot of dancing at our wedding. So many great stories from yes. the whole weekend. Too. Yeah. It was a um, great wedding. Yeah. I know I'm partial, but I think it was yeah. a great wedding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's it's interesting you had uh, such a, a lot of influence with fifties and sixties music, uh, and another being like the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, so uh, the song Kokomo, like, I think of any song, like, that song is my childhood. You know, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 84, and so it kind of, that time frame makes sense. Um, But the song Kokomo, like, I just remember it playing on the radio all the time. I remember it, like, I remember going to Bahama Breeze with my parents, and that was playing, like, as we were waiting for our table. I remember... um, you know, just that song being around. And then one like epic story is that when we were on vacation one time, I don't even know where we were, but you know, you can do like those old timey photos, but instead of doing that, we actually found a place where you could make a music video and which I wish still existed because that's awesome. It'd be like a hit seller. Yeah. So we did a music video to Kokomo and I've got to find this video because it's amazing. So my mom's like in, you know, these high-waisted pleated purple pants and I've got a like crimped side ponytail and you know my dad's got some like Miami Vice looking t-shirt on and um they had like all these crazy backgrounds so there's like this fake beach scene in the background and I'm like playing the fake playing the keyboard and um my dad's got like a blow-up air guitar and um yeah it was it was epic and we're all wearing like stupid sunglasses and yeah so that song Kokomo was like my childhood for yeah. sure just because of how like chill and just the um being at the beach kind of vibe to it yeah like, i think so i mean i grew up in florida so certainly that like chill beach vibe is definitely a thing but i also think mo- most of my music it's not like i'm a super uh I don't know, fancy music listener. Like, I don't know of all these obscure bands or anything like that. Like, whatever's popular on the radio it tends to be the thing that I listen to. And I think Beach Boys were, Beach Boys were a big deal in the 80s, you know? Well, it, it, Kokomo was, like, a huge... Because um, it had been years since they had True. done anything. Yeah. So it was kind of like a reinvention. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. But. So I think that was part of it. It's just, you know, I think, especially in Florida, that's, like, the Florida vibe. So yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah, maybe the going to, you know, a vacation. Yeah. Kind of, especially just with the, how the 80s was. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I think, worked for Kokomo to succeed, too. Yeah. Well, and th- like, Orlando 
is a tourist town, you know? Yeah. So going to Bahama Breeze, you're also going to ha Bahama Breeze with all the tourists who are coming from everywhere. So of course they're playing songs like the Beach Boys and Jimmy Buffett to make you feel like you're at the beach, you right. know? So that's that's what I was around all the time. Mm -hmm. So speaking of 80s, there was a lot of 80s music that you were also listening to um, throughout your childhood uh, and even into middle school mm -hmm. like uh for example phil collins was really uh god i love phil was really huge for yes you. and it's something that we've connected with a lot yes um, our shared love of phil yeah. so phil collins is you know if i could ever see one person perform phil collins would be it i've like researched and researched to see if he ever goes on tour again and he's not i think he's done um, but Phil Collins is my true love in life. Um, he just always was playing in our house, whether it was Genesis or actual Phil Collins. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, several of his CDs at our house and, um, like one of my greatest music memories is when, I was in like middle school. Um, all the parents in the neighborhood would kind of take turns taking all of us neighborhood kids to school. And when it was my mom's turn, we all knew Phil Collins would be on. And <laughs> it was just gonna happen. We were gonna, you know, listen to Phil Collins and most importantly, the song In the Air Tonight. And if you know In the Air Tonight, you know that there's an epic part in the song that's this amazing drum solo. And so, we all knew that it didn't matter like whether we were mid-conversation or ready to get out of the car. If the drum solo came on, we all kind of stopped what we were doing, waited for it to happen, and then we all played the air drums as hard as we could <laughs> with as much gusto as we possibly could. And, you know, like we everybody in the car did it. So that was like even when we were, you know, my mom and I would be driving to go to the grocery store. Like it didn't matter where you were. We were playing the air drums as hard as we possibly could. So even like when I got older, a friend of mine, because they knew like this was my thing, you know, when the song comes on, they gave me a set of drumsticks to keep in my car so I could play the drums on my <laughs> steering wheel when it came on. So I think, I think one time I found drumsticks, drumsticks in your car, in car. Yeah. and I was like, what's this about? Yeah. And then you told for me that Phil. story. It's literally just for <laughs> Phil. That's the only thing that they're in there for. I don't know how to play the drums. <laughs> I've never learned to play the drums. I don't have drums. It's literally just for Phil. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a great story. I'm sure there were people that looked at your vehicle. Oh God, I'm sure with, it was, yeah. Hilarious uh, to see these random kids yeah. and this one lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing air drums. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what, what is it about, um, for your mom that got into Phil Collins to want to do something like that with kids? I, you know, I don't know. I should ask her because truly like that, like those CDs were everywhere in our house and I don't know why she loved Phil Collins so much. Um, you know, I don't know if again, if it was just that that was a popular thing at the time or if it, yeah. um, or if there was something more about Phil Collins that she loved. Um, but I know she loved that song, you know, like that, that song was, was her thing for sure. And I, I don't even think she knows how much I love Phil Collins now, you know, like I think, I don't know, I've never talked to her about how much I love Phil Collins, but I think she would think that was funny. <laughs> what other, uh, songs of his, whether it's Genesis or... I think all of them, like, you know, it's one of those things that I... 
I forget that a song is Phil Collins and it comes on the radio and I'm like, oh yes, such a great song. I'm like, oh right, that's Phil Collins. Of course I love it. Like, (laughs) of course I love this song. So I mean, I don't know, like I can't think of their names right now, but like pretty much every song of his that comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Phil. It's Mm. great. Yeah. So not only Phil, uh, but there's uh, other songs like Money Money from Billy, Mm -hmm. Billy Idol. Uh, which which is interesting how yeah, it's a little departure. A lot of these, uh, yeah, it's, it is a departure <laughs> uh, from Phil. But the a lot of these examples are coming from weddings. Yeah, yeah. And which, what's up with your family and weddings? We love so my family loves a good party. We we love any excuse to get together to party to dance. We love dancing. Um, so anytime there's a wedding, like we are on board and we're going full force. So you can count on if my family is invited to the wedding, we'll be the first ones to the dance floors and the last one off. Um, but yeah, Monet Monet was like the, the song that plays at every single one of our weddings. So our last name, our family last name is Maroney. So we would change all the words to Maroney Maroney. Um, and so, you know, we would all be out on the, my dad's, you know, whole side of the family, we would be out on the dance floor singing this at the top of our lungs. And, um, yeah, I, like, I think we just, we're a family that likes to celebrate and we're a family that likes to be together and to laugh together and have fun together. And we do love a good dance party. So yeah, there's a lot of that in our lives. <laughs> Yeah, whether it's that song or like um, "We Are Family," that's always been a oh, like yeah. huge song at our you know at weddings. So another uh, '80s song uh, is "500 Miles." Yeah, that uh, was huge for you as well. Yeah, the Proclaimers in general, I love. Um, so again, my cousin Amanda. I almost saw them in Ireland. What? I almost, I almost, How did you not? Well, it's because I went and saw you too. Oh, <laughs> bad choice! <laughs> Terrible choice. Gosh, I mean, I like you too, but the Proclaimers in Ireland. Oh, you too in Ireland. I know, I know. (laughs) Terrible choice. I know, I know how much you love you too, but gosh, (laughs) crazy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So when I was younger, Amanda, my cousin that I mentioned earlier, um, we had a. Uh, an aunt named Julie who was just the cool aunt you know she was the youngest in the family and so um, of my dad's siblings and we just thought she was the coolest and so when we were younger um, when that like song became popular uh, she one day picked Amanda and I up from um, Amanda's house and took us to the beach in her like Mitsubishi spider you know like convertible it was like this purple color convertible and we just thought we were the coolest kids in the world getting to go to the beach in a convertible with Julie and just thought we were all that. And Julie at the time, I guess, was into the Proclaimers and had that song playing. And we blasted that song driving to the beach, driving over the bridge and that whole album really um and it was like the weird songs, you know, like, I don't know what the heck they're talking about. They use words that like, you know, heavering. I don't know what that means, you know, and so, but we loved it. We just yeah. ate it up. Um, so again, going back to weddings and our epic wedding, um, that was another song that like was a must play at our wedding. And another great memory was Amanda and Julie and I like running to the dance floor to 
like play that song and sing that song. Um, but yeah, we just thought cool. Julie was the coolest aunt in the entire world. Still do. Julie's awesome. Um, but anything she was into, we were going to be into. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, this last week I was in a classroom where 500 miles was played. Like uh, the teacher that I yeah. um, work with, he, he put it on and none of the kids knew it. Oh God, that's so sad. That's and so depressing. So I'm like singing it. Yeah. And of course they're looking at me like you're I'm crazy. The, the weirdest person ever. Yeah. Which. Well, you the are, priority, but they yeah. priority thought that. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. That's really sad. How do you not know this song? Yeah. Proclaimers was actually one of my very first CDs I ever owned. So, uh, first CD was, um, Amy Grant, which is super embarrassing. <laughs> Um, that might have been my first yeah, I think it was a lot of us Christian kids. That or Michael kids. W. Smith. Yeah. Oh, God. Talk about bad music. Um, yeah, so Amy Grant was my first CD ever, and then Proclaimers. I actually had a cassette tape of the Proclaimers, yeah. wore it out too much, and had to buy the CD because I couldn't listen to the cassette anymore. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So being from Florida, there, there had to have been at least some country. Huh. Right? Yeah, a little. So I have never been a massive fan of country, um, but I did love the Judds. So my mom, again, that was it was either going to be Phil Collins or the Judds playing in her car. Um, and they have like a Greatest Hits Volume 2 that was like our favorite CD. And I can sing to you every single word of every single song on that CD. I won't, don't worry. Um, <laughs> But we used to sing that song or that CD all the time if we went on any road trips. Like I said, when we would drive to Sarasota, like that was the CD playing. There's just some great songs on that album. And my mom, you know, one of us would sing Winona's part, one of us would sing Naomi's part, yeah. and we would just belt these songs out. Um, I still actually listen to that CD. I was just listening to it last week because it's just like, it's a great CD, awesome songs. Like it's a good pump you up CD. Um, and it just has such great memories for me. But yeah, in general, country music is not my thing. I have a respect for country music. I think, um, you know, I think especially in rap music and things like that, there's not a lot of songs that speak well of women. Um, but country music tends to speak well of women. Maybe not so much the new country, but... Um, I think that I really appreciate that, that they have a respect for women that most other genres of music might not have. Hmm. Yeah. And that's not to say that you don't appreciate some hip hop and, and rap, right? Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to get low and I'm going to, you know, back <laughs> that thing up. But, you know, country is, yeah, it just speaks differently about women than most other genres. Yeah. Well, I think, it, I think you do have some issues with country in regard to that, but it's it's amazing how many female singers there are within that genre. Yeah. Uh, whether it's groups or individual singers. That's true. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to do some research to see if if it's higher. Actually, more. Yeah. In country than other genres. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do that research and let me know. All right. <laughs> it would be something I would do. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> so. Let's let's go to middle school. Yeah. The uh, good old Megan days of uh, dealing with middle school. Being a nerdy middle schooler. Yeah, I was not a cool kid in middle school. That's for sure. I was a uh, glasses and braces and tall, lanky kid who got made fun of a lot. But yeah, 
middle school was, um, I'm trying to think of what I was listening to in middle school. I think, you know, at the end of middle school, beginning of high school, that was a lot of like in sync, backstreet boys, um, Britney Spears, you know, all of those things. Um, which, which is interesting because with the Mouseketeers and, and Orlando, you yeah. being right there. It was like it was, the heart of band, or, uh, boy bands for sure. Was it, was there a noticeable like change in s- seeing those kind of, uh, maybe, I don't know if you ever saw them yeah. or if like, yeah. certain events that would happen that were yeah, actually, noticeable. So in middle school, um, you know, you used to like have these competitions where you, if you can sell as many um, magazines or whatever yeah. subscriptions, you know, well, if you sold X amount, I don't remember what the amount was, but you actually got to go to a concert in our gym and, <clears throat> excuse me, and I remember that they were like, okay, we have this band coming for this concert named Sync, and we were supposed to be, but nobody had ever heard of Sync. They were like this nobody band. Yeah. Um, and we were supposed to be able to go to this concert. Well, I think at that time, that's when they got big. And so they were like, yeah, no, we're not doing some middle school gymnasium concert. And so we actually, I don't even know who ended up coming and doing the concert, but I'd remember like thinking, oh my gosh, those guys actually almost played in our middle school. Um, so yeah, there is definitely this hype of boy bands. You know, I had a friend, um, whose brother was like in some boy band. I don't remember what their name was, but you know, all these guys were all of a sudden like being in a boy band. Um, and then, you know, O-Town was a big deal. They were obviously from Orlando. Um, saw them at the mall numerous times, like just walking around, not performing. But yeah, I mean, there definitely was this hype of boy bands, I think, for everybody. But I think it was a really big deal in Orlando because there were so many of them were either from there or had moved there because of the Disney Channel and all of that stuff. You know, Christina Aguilera was on that show. Britney Spears was on that show. Justin Timberlake was on that show. So, I mean, they were just all centralized in Orlando. So, yeah, that was a, it was a big deal. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Listening to your one of your other podcasts, you guys were talking about how that's all just, like, crap music. And I'm like, that's the best music ever. It's so good. Like, <laughs> Well, like, you... Uh... You just got to see Justin Timberlake. This last I did, year. yeah, in Cleveland, in, right? in Cleveland yeah. Um, what was that like? It was a great show. You know, I don't go to a ton of concerts, but um, Justin has always been on my list of people to go see, just because I've heard he's an amazing performer. Um, and it was true. I was blown away because I mean, he sang for two hours, and the stage was. Um, it was a weird stage but like it was was it like s shaped all the way down the court so i mean huge stage and he would run from one end of that stage to the other he obviously danced his heart out like he is an amazing while singing he's an amazing dancer obviously he's an amazing performer um you know he's playing multiple instruments he's wardrobe changes you know all these things for two hours and being able to sing it's just incredible um you know i was saying after the concert like he's just an athlete like that you know that was like an athletic event because he just was so you know constantly in motion and to still be able to sing was crazy um yeah so it was it the concert did not disappoint that's for sure he was he was amazing he had two bands two live bands that performed and 
um, LeBron James came on stage at one point, yeah. which was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an awesome concert. Did he do any NSYNC songs? Or was it just all No, solo? it was all his solo stuff, yeah. Yeah, and mostly his new album, the Man in the Woods album. Yeah, kind of, I don't know. I. It's not my favorite yeah. of about his albums. It was There's a few good songs on that album, but not my favorite. The, the first of the 2020, I think it was yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. There's some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you had a lot of that late 90s mm-hmm. uh, pop. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what you were listening to at that time. Yeah. Uh, what other music uh, was appealing to you during that time? Yeah, at that time, you know, Meredith Brooks had come out with this uh, song, Bitch. And I, <gasps> I know, shocking. You're going to have to bleep that out. Yeah, so that song had come out, and I was a really good kid growing up. Like, I'd never disobeyed my parents. I really was a good kid, and, um, but, you know, I'm in my early teenage years, 13, 14, whatever, and it was, like, the time to rebel, and so I was certainly not allowed to listen to that song at all, Um, but I remember going into a gas station one time when they sold, like, single albums, you know, at a gas station, and I bought that CD. It was just the single, and I remember being like, I'm going to be in so much trouble if my parents <laughs> find this. But I bought it and like literally never unpacked the CD because I felt so guilty and was so afraid that I was going to get in trouble and get caught. But I remember it was like my first rebellion ever was to buy the Meredith Brooks bitch single. And, you know, like I hid it in like deep in my CD case, my like travel CD case so that they would never find it. But yeah, I literally don't think I ever opened it or played it. But like that was my big rebellion that was it that was that was my entire rebellion as a teenager (laughs) just hinged on meredith brooks (laughs) um so kind of an interesting band uh at that time was matchbox 20 yeah uh not really a boy band no um but from orlando lead singers from orlando rob thomas yep He's so smooth. He is. I, yeah, so Matchbox 20, again, was like this band that eluded me. They um, they were obviously a big deal at that time, and with Rob being from Orlando, they, I remember they came for con- for a concert when I was maybe like 14 years old, and all my friends tended to be older than me, so they were allowed to do cooler things than I was allowed to do. And my parents, they all like got tickets to the concert and were going to the concert together, and my parents would not let me go. And it was like... Why? I, I think because I was younger. I was 14. My friends were probably 16. Okay. And like, I don't know that there were, you know, maybe there was a few parents going or whatever, or, you know, maybe they just didn't want to pay for a ticket for me to go to a concert. I don't know. But for whatever reason, I wasn't allowed to go to the Matchbox 20 concert. And it was like, not only was I sad that I couldn't see Matchbox 20, but I also like couldn't be the cool kid with all my friends. So I was so, so sad. And I remember like just feeling like such a loser kid not being allowed to go to the concert. But then later, like fast forward, like, you know, 10 years and they started going back on tour mm-hmm. and I got tickets to that concert and I was like, ha I did it. I finally was able to go to the Matchbox 20 concert. You know, make my, I'm making my own money. I can make my own decisions. Like I'm going to this concert. But yeah, that, that one CD, um, I can't remember the name of the album, but it was like the guy's face on the front cover. Um, anyways, that CD, like 
I loved that CD. And even in design school when I was in college, like, you know, I'd spend all nighters in the design lab and that CD would just be on repeat over and over and over again. So yeah, I do love some Matchbox 20. Yeah. Speaking of college, yeah, you so you moved to High Point, yeah, North Carolina, North Carolina, yep, uh, which is I'm trying to remember like near Raleigh, yeah, yeah. Right? So there's like kind of the Piedmont Triad, Raleigh, Greensboro, and High Point, yeah. And so and you're not far from Chapel Hill, and, yeah, all uh, that stuff, yep. Uh, Duke and yep. so it's it's a really interesting area because there's so many young people of yeah. universities but um during that time uh <laughs> an individual named Kesha yeah I love me some Kesha yeah like talk about terrible music Kesha is terrible music but it's great I love <laughs> Kesha so yeah or, or like maybe the, the the beginnings of Kesha yes yes I, I think yeah yeah that's true current Kesha is a little probably that's true. better yeah that's true um yeah, I mean, college, it truly was, like, get low and back that thing up and, you know, all these, like... Soldier Boy. Yeah, Soldier Boy. I think that was post-college for me, not for you. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, all of that kind of music um, was certainly playing. And, you know, I, you know, we would go out to the club, the one club that was, like, near High Point. It wasn't even in High Point. High Point's this, like, little town of nothing, so we would drive to Greensboro and go to the club and, um, you know, listen to these terrible songs. But yeah, Kesha was a big deal, especially like right after college when I lived in Atlanta. Um, so I moved to Atlanta after college and um, Kesha was like what my girlfriends and I would play to get ready to go out. I mean, it was like our pump up music, you know, like everybody needs pump up music. And yeah. um, we would get ready to go out and play, you know, the whole uh, animals uh, soundtrack or uh, album um, and sing you know sing to Kesha and dance in our uh, living room and put our makeup on and try on shoes and whatever and and listen to Kesha nonstop because yeah everybody needs a good pump up album right <laughs> um, also at that time uh, dashboard confessional oh, yeah so my freshman year of, of a yeah. yeah, so my freshman year of college, you know, it's a college is an interesting time. And um, the, at the time that I was a freshman in college, instant messenger on AOL was a big yeah. deal. You know, it was before Facebook and Instagram and all of that stuff. And so, um, you know, you're like this angsty college student, freshman in college. And so it was a big deal to like put song lyrics as your AOL away message. And so anytime like my boyfriend and I would get into a fight, I'd put the dashboard confessional lyrics as my away message, like passive aggressively, you know, like, it, yeah, dashboard was a, was definitely a thing my freshman year of college that everybody was listening to. But yeah, those lyrics on AIM were, were the thing to do. That's a, that is quite the flashback for me. Uh, AOL Messenger. <laughs> yeah, you were like what ten? I don't know. Middle like, school. Middle school. Yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy. Into high school even. Yeah. By by the time I graduated, it, it was obso it was obsolete yeah. because Facebook was. Yeah. Thing. So when I was at High Point, we actually had to sign a petition to get added to Facebook. So at that time, only college students were allowed, 
and you had to prove to Facebook that you had enough people at your school to be added to Facebook because you had to use your college email address. And so people went around like asking for people to sign a petition to join Facebook when I was a freshman. Yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. That's how you got on Facebook. Wow. So after uh, college, you, um, you, you kinda, you're, you're still in this place of just kind of whatever is good, I'm going to listen to. Yeah. Um, and you, you had a cool experience of coming yeah. across uh, Tracy, Tracy Chapman. Chapman. So, yeah, I mean, most of my life I've just listened to what's cool on, um, on the radio, like whatever's everybody else is into, I've kind of been into. Um, but I remember in my 20s, like my early 20s, maybe mid-20s, driving down the street listening to the radio and Tracy Chapman came on and it was the song Fast Car. And I remember thinking... I really like this song and there's nobody here to tell me it's cool. In fact, I don't think it actually is cool, but I, I like it. I think yeah. it's a great song. So, you know, but it wasn't like cool at the time, oh, you know, okay. it was definitely long after it's time, but I, well, um, but even for late eighties, it didn't fit. Yeah. What was cool, what was cool then. then. Yeah. So it's just never been cool. That's what you're telling me. No, I, I think it, <laughs> it's, um, it's a song that uh, doesn't fit any time period, yeah, but yet yeah. it still resonates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just remember thinking, like, oh, I think this is the kind of music I actually like. I think I like Tracy Chapman a lot. I think, um, I think that, you know, it just was the first time that I was like, I don't need anybody else to tell me what's cool. I just, I like this and I can own yeah. that I like this. And I still really like Tracy Chapman. I like her, you know, raspy voice. And um, I really do like that song. I think as an Enneagram too, I can relate to, you know, <laughs> wanting to sacrifice, I know, all the things that I've got going on to help the people around me and to like want to take care of the people around me. And then coming to this place of being like, nope, I'm going to do what's right for me. Um, so I, I do love that song. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool moment in my mid-20s to be like, nope, this is this is what I like. This is who I am. And thanks to Tracy Chapman. <laughs> do you still sing your heart out in the car? Oh, yeah. I love, I love being in the car. And I've gotten to this place where, you know, like you're driving along, you're singing in the car, you come to a light and you get stopped at a light and like, you're like, do I keep singing or do I not? I, you know? I, I I know same you question. keep, yeah. That same question hits me every time. I know. So. And I've just gotten to this place in life where I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I am just going to keep singing. I don't care if I know the person next to me or if I'm never going to see that person again. Like, I'm having fun and you should be having fun too. And I know, like, when I stop at a light and see people singing next to me, I'm like, yeah, get it, girl. Like, yeah. yeah. So I totally sing my heart out in the car. I, I love that. Like, I love... I mean, that's the, like, one time that you're, like, by yourself and you can just do what you do. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't. nobody else is going to listen to the music because you're the only one in there. So, like, sing whatever you want to sing. Play whatever you want to play. Yeah, I love it. You know, and I have a decent commute from Holland to Grand Rapids every day. So I get some good windshield time and good singing time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then if Phil comes on, bust out the drums. Yeah. <laughs> See you at you have a so after college yeah we, we kind of already talked about how you and paul 
um, we're dating, you got married, we talked about the wedding too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you, you had a, a really cool shared song uh, that is uh, of real importance to you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that? so our, our dating was uh, complicated, I would say. Um, you know, I lived in Atlanta, Paul lived here in Grand Rapids, and so we tried to do the long distance thing. Um, I certainly made Paul pursue me um, and broke up with him several times. And, you know, it was just complicated. It was, you know, it's hard to figure out what, what I wanted. He knew what he wanted from the very beginning. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, was confused and it was, it was hard to do long distance and all of that. So we had, <clears throat> we had a complicated uh, dating life. And so, you know, he was kind of always just waiting on me and waiting for me to make up my mind. Cause again, he knew pretty early on that, you know, I was the person he wanted to marry. Um, so for our wedding, for this, our song that we danced to was Brad Paisley waiting on a woman. And most of that song is about like the woman being late for everything and taking too long to get ready, which is actually hilarious and ironic because Paul is always the one that's late for everything. Um, so it's not how our relationship goes, but at the very end it says, you know, something like, honey, I'd wait for you, you know, as long as it takes or whatever. And I think that, um, you know, that's kind of was always Paul's attitude with um, our dating is he knew that somehow, some way we would eventually be together. And he was willing to wait that out for me to get, get myself together. Um, and so, you know, it just was a really important song to us. And, it, you know, I'm sure most people were like, this is a really random song for you guys to have your first dance to, but it certainly meant a lot to us. And, you know, every once in a while, Paul's Paul's a super romantic, so every once in a while he'll play it in the house and we'll slow dance in the kitchen or, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that was a it was a, a song that meant a lot to us. And like I said, it was probably pretty random as our first dance, but meant something to us. Yeah. What, uh, what is it about music that uh, is something that we should be enjoying? You know, I think, I think a few things. I think... Music brings people together. You know, I think um, most of the music in my life has been about being with other people, whether it's dancing at a wedding or, um, you know, dancing at a club even. You know, like it just brings people together. It brings, you know, us together, you and me, about Phil Collins, you yeah. know. Um, so I think that music pulls people together no matter no matter what, you know, in a time that life is a little divided and divisive, I think music is something that people can agree upon, you know, um, no matter where you've come from. And then I also just think that music is what you need it to be, you know, I think whether you need something to pull you through a hard time or whether you need that pump up music to get ready to go out, like music becomes what you need it to be. And I think we all need something that requires nothing of us, but gives back to us when, you know, and helps fill that void when we need it. I really like what you had to say there about mm. how it's, it gives us what we need. Yeah. In, in whatever situation we're in. Yeah. I think it just morphs, I think. It, yeah, it evolves. Mm -hmm. it, it could change its meaning. Yeah. Multiple times. For sure. For sure. Well, Megan, this was awesome. This was great. 
I'm glad you, you did it. Yeah, I know. I was a little nervous, but yeah. it was good to do. Thank you for asking me to join you. For sure. All the best. Love it. Peace. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kaya Leakty. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.